oh my god, this pop filter is a motherfucking cunt. I can't. Okay, wait, I forgot. Hi guys, it's Aspen. You're listening to Can I Just Say Something? I just spent too long. I spend too long putting this pop filter on every time I record. Anyway, I hope you guys had an amazing holiday, had some good quality family time. But yeah, I had a really good week because I had a lot of family visit from California, and it happens not that often. Every other year, they'll come and fly in. So it was really, really, really nice. And next year, I think they're, everyone's going to fly in again because there's a wedding. So I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, I'm also glad, glad that it's over, but I'm excited to get back into the swing of things. And I literally didn't do any of, for a straight week, I was, haven't, didn't go to bed didn't lay in bed before 2 a.m. But freaking czar, like, I was just out with Cal- the Californians are like on a different timeline, so they'll stay up till like 3 and 4. And oh my God. So I'm just excited to have a normal sleep schedule, <sighs> get my laundry done, clean my, have my room clean. Like, my room was a disaster because I was just constantly like rushing and leaving the house and doing shit. So, anyhow. So, I never do perfectly timed episodes, so I think this is my first one relating to the season. I think I am a avid gym goer. I have a gym that I normally attend, and ugh, every gym goer is like, ugh. We groan before going to the gym after January 1st, because guess what? It's full of people. Interesting. And then will say oh don't worry they'll be gone in like three weeks by by february it starts fizzling it starts fizzling out mid-feb like and then it gets to like the normal regular goers again why is that though why is all, all of a sudden people motivated in the beginning of the year and then all of a sudden we just give up they just give up after a month or a couple weeks you know that's because new year's resolutions are overwhelming It's a huge list of things to accomplish. There is no common sense to it. It's just a bunch of things that you want to accomplish. And you're kind of like throwing a bunch of shit at yourself. And it's like, oh, do this. You know, how is that going to be effective? It's overwhelming. It's unreasonable. um, And it doesn't have healthy goal setting in it. So there is no deadline. There is no... It's just like a cold turkey start. Oh, just start going to the gym. Oh, yeah, just I don't go to the gym at all, but I can start going to the gym three or five times a week once the new year starts. And the motivation is that new year. But once you do it for like three weeks and you just start cold turkey, you're not going to feel unmotivated. You're not going to feel motivated to keep doing it because there is no more reward kind of thing. Like the new year, the year is so long. Like you still have 11 months to keep up with this. So you just give up. You have 11 months till you get to cross that off of your new year's list. Like check. So you're like, eh, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> the psychology behind new year's resolutions isn't psychology. <laughs> Doesn't work. So today I'm going to be talking about healthy goal setting. <sighs> 
how to implement it in your life throughout the year instead of a huge overwhelming list of things you want to achieve during that year. I've started implementing goals into my life throughout the year. I wanted to focus on goals that I could achieve because if you set goals that aren't achievable, then you're not going to feel motivated at all because it's obviously much harder to get that accomplishment, that dopamine feeling. So when you have a new goal or when you have a new resolution, like that list, like, oh, I want to start going to the gym more. You want to start setting little small goals to accomplish that are daily, weekly, monthly, so it'll keep you motivated to keep going. So for example, when I was in school for nutrition and dietetics, I took this counseling class to learn how to set, you know, setting goals that are achievable. I think it was called SMART goals. If you set a goal that you're most likely not going to achieve or it's very, you have to put in a lot of work in order to achieve it, a lot of work and effort to achieve that goal, then you're most likely going to feel discouraged when you don't meet it and it's going to make you not want to continue. Your goals need to be bite-sized. And that's why you see people at the gym for like a month and then they'll disappear in January, uh, by the February. So for example, you eat a lot of, say you eat a lot of bacon and you, it's your favorite food, bacon. Bacon is your favorite food, but it's, you know, the most, one of the most unhealthy foods. I don't like labeling foods bad or good, but it is one of the more unhealthy foods. So in, say you eat it every day, instead of cold turkey, I want to cut bacon out of my life because I want to be healthier. Your body is going to crave it even more if you just cut it out of your life completely and then you're gonna give up maybe in a couple weeks and then you're just gonna eat a whole pack of fucking bacon or something like that so instead you want to decrease it to three to five times a week maybe you want to decrease it to five times a week there are two days that you cannot have it and then your body will get used to it you not having it for those two days and then maybe decrease it to three times a week you wait you eat it five times a week for like three weeks in a row or for one week and then next week you decrease it to three times a week for three weeks and then you decrease it to two times a week for two weeks and then maybe you can get down to once a week i think that that's an achievable goal things in moderation are perfectly fine but if you you know want getting it down every day to once a week that's amazing. That's a great achievement. <laughs> you can decrease it even more using that method. But you don't want to cut out your absolute favorite food because it gives you something to look forward to. Especially when you're depressed, it keeps you motivated. You get to look forward to that one day where you get to eat bacon and it makes it a little more special. Like I used to watch TV every night before I started my podcast and I was doing nothing. I would watch TV every day. And I wanted to focus a lot more on this project and I cut out TV completely for like three months and now I'll watch TV maybe once a week around just whenever I have time and I got everything done I needed to get done for the day. So yeah, it makes me excited to complete everything so I get to watch my TV. Setting goals within reach and slowly updating that goal until you reach your end goal or your target goal is so important when it comes to healthy goal setting. 
you cannot reach where you want to be overnight. Everybody knows that. And then suddenly maintain it, be able to maintain it. You're going to have setbacks. So having these smart goals leave room for setbacks without having a detrimental effect on your self-esteem, you know. Goals and new habits take a lot of persistence, time, and mental energy. You just have to put in a little bit of energy every day, not a lot of energy in one day or one week, and then you are magically shiny and new. That doesn't happen. Humans need a reward and a rush of dopamine, and if you don't get it, you won't continue. You will feel discouraged and not want to do it anymore. So... Keep track and document your goals somewhere. I like to use my planner. I think that it's something that I just pick up every day. And if you want to use a planner to set goals, achievable goals for yourself, I would go to TJ Maxx or wherever. But TJ Maxx is a great place. They have so many great planners and they're really cheap. They're like $8. Just flip through them and make sure the format is set up the way you like and the way that you could set up a goal and color code and everything like that you know you setting weekly goals for yourself i'm gonna start going to the gym you know twice this week maybe you've never even stepped foot into a gym yet and yeah that's overwhelming so try going once or twice and then let your, you know, body get used to the environment because it can be very overwhelming if you've never been to a gym or that particular gym. So, and then once you've gone once or twice, and maybe you can try going twice a week, two to three times a week for like a month, you know, I don't know, and just slowly increase till you get to where you want. Obviously, you need to, you're not going to reap the benefits. You're not going to see the results or the benefits right away. So your sense of accomplishment is achieving that first set easy goal, achievable goal in the first week. The sense of accomplishment you feel by going to the gym two to three times that week and you get to cross it off as like a check on your goal list or your planner or whatever you're using. And then you'll you'll keep achieving them. And after a month or so, you should see some, or a couple months, you should see some sort of difference in your life. So I, when I basically was doing nothing for a whole year because of my head injury, I couldn't handle environments, noise, sound, light. And so I took off for a year, you know, just coping and trying to want to live. And then I never wanted to do anything. I didn't want to go back to work or I just wanted to read. I just wanted to, you know, relax because I was like fighting kind of thing for my life. And that's exhausting, like making yourself want to live to go through something really terrible, you know, after, you know, I was mentally stable. I slowly started to work on myself and have healthier coping mechanisms for my anxiety, my depression. I've always had really bad generalized anxiety and I have really bad ADHD. Um, and now I newly have, you know, very intense depression levels too. Um, it's a lot of problems to have for a small girl. <laughs> 
or for one person. And so I took the time to work on myself and I wanted to try to have healthier coping mechanisms for when I have high levels of anxiety. I never really focused on coping mechanisms that much. I've always, when I had high levels of anxiety, I always do like a meditation or something, but I'll do it maybe one time and I'll be like, oh, I feel so much better. But it was hard for me to continue to do it because of my ADHD and I gave up immediately. I don't want to have any vices. I don't want to have a drink to avoid my anxiety because that's not sustainable, obviously. A couple of years ago, it was like two or three years ago, I had really bad things happen to me all at once. I think my grandma died. I was taking finals. And then when I was done my finals, uh, I was getting bullied at work kind of thing. And it got to a point where I reported it to my store manager. And, and then it turned into like an HR thing and yada, yada, yada. And all of these fucked up things happened within the span of a week or two weeks. I was like throwing up every morning because of my generalized anxiety. Like I was so in an anxious level for so long that it took my body to like come back down to earth. So like I was puking every morning and blah, blah, blah. I felt like a crazy amount of anxiety. Like I couldn't sit still. I had to be always moving around at 11 o'clock at night. Like I was pacing. And even my dad noticed. He was like, are you okay? Like you can't, why can't you? So I was like, yeah, my anxiety levels are just so high right now because of all that that happened. And so to calm my nerves, I would drink. I drank during the day. Like I would just have a cocktail or I spiked my bubble tea when I went to the mall. Like, and I did that for like a couple weeks and then I stopped when once the anxiety came back down. And I was just like, like I had this realization a couple months ago and I was just like, Ashley, like you can't be doing that. Like, I don't have an alcohol problem, like, yeah, but I was it just, it wasn't a good look, and I didn't like, like, that I was relying on alcohol in that kind of way, and obviously, like, it definitely worries people around you as well. I remember having, like, something in my cup, like, an alcoholic beverage in my cup, like, on my way to this catering gig that me and my friend were doing, because, oh, is that, like, that's just crazy to me. <sighs> And when someone would come up, when someone would say that to me, they're like, I just need, I just want you to have better coping mechanisms. But I was like, you don't know what it's like to have that terrible, like, generalized anxiety. Like, I was puking every morning, la 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 But yeah, like, it's definitely more difficult when you have an anxiety disorder. I'm realizing now you can always, you can always aim to be better. <laughs> I mean, the first step is just really realization. Like, self what is it called being self-aware that it's not good that it's unhealthy that it's kind of fucked up that i did that but i'm also trying not to be too hard on myself either because i've never experienced anxiety at that high of a level and so that's an experience experience that i definitely learned from and now i can analyze it and try to do better and prevent that from happening try to prevent it me from throwing up every morning try to prevent it even getting to the point where I want to drink during the day. So yeah, that's why I spent almost a year, you know, I didn't realize why I didn't want to go back to work, why I didn't want to do anything. It was because I was fucking exhausted. 
and I wanted to work on myself. Not only was I exhausted and resting, but I was also implementing weird, new, uncomfortable coping mechanisms in my life. So last winter was, uh, it was like six months after the initial head injury and six months and then I was mentally stable. And so I took up reading because I wanted to decrease the amount of unnatural dopamine hits from social media because it took getting, it getting out of bed was really hard. It's already hard when you're depressed. So I was like, hmm, what could I replace it with? So I replaced my social media with reading and reading is a much better coping mechanism than social media. So I would scroll on TikTok for like two hours while laying in bed and then I'd go to bed. You're not supposed to have blue light. You're not supposed to be stimulated that much. So I got into reading hard freaking core. It's so easy to get into reading, honestly, especially when you take out social media out of your daily routine. So yeah, it was reading. I just read for a lot of the, I'd read, (laughs) last winter I read like five books. I read the Sarah J. Mass Akatar series. I read like the five books in like mere months, like in three months, I read the whole five book series, which is kind of crazy. I started with a goal of winding down for an hour, not using your phone and reading and maybe journaling before going to bed. One hour of non-phone time. And then it got a lot easier and I started becoming a lot better at not using my phone. And I read like 13 books this year, which is crazy. Crazy for me, okay? Years prior, I maybe read one book a year during the summer. So I have been using my phone a lot less. It's still I'm still not at the point where I would like to be, but, you know, we're getting there. <sighs> Progress and you know, resolutions don't just happen in a year. It can take years to build a habit and be where you want to be. I still pick up my phone, rather my book sometimes, but it's not, it's definitely a lot better than we were before. (laughs) So you got to think about the whole, the big picture. And then journaling. I realized I the journaling part. Reading was easy. Reading for 30, 40 minutes, an hour is easy, but journaling I it was hard because writing I got really my hand would get so tired and so I think I say this in like almost every episode so I'm sorry if you are a regular but I started journaling on my laptop and it makes it so much easier I use day one the app puts in the date and time for you I made it a goal to journal every day at least once a day in the morning, in the middle of the day, or at night. I like to journal at night, but it doesn't really always happen. So yeah. Um, And then it'll color code and it'll light up blue the days that you do journal. And I can just see my progress by just looking at it. And I'll be like, oh wow, I haven't journaled in three days. (laughs) Shit. But hey, I'm journaling more than I would have like a year ago, which was not at all. And then some days I'll journal three times in a day. It's just so sporadic and like, that's okay. Because you are different. You are, how you are doing mentally fluctuates constantly. Sometimes you have a lot to say on your mind and you're like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes you're like content and you're fine. And 
that's okay too. But now it's okay that I'm not journaling every day, but I journal when I need need it. You know, it's another coping mechanism in the back of my pocket that I can easily do now. And it's not hard for me to be able to do it. But before when I had ADHD, like it was hard for me to sit down and journal before I was just like, I mean, an excuse. I said, oh my God, my ADHD makes journaling so hard. Nah, 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 nah. I made so many excuses for myself. Yeah, I have really bad generalized anxiety. Like nobody knows what it's like to be me. And that's why I'm drinking during the day. Like it it only was a few weeks. Yeah, I keep making like that. Like (laughs) just constantly looking back at your behavior and learning from it and realizing. And I'm just like realizing to be humble and swallow and admit that that wasn't the best way to go about it. Maybe, Ashley, like maybe the delivery from your friends was harsh, but they were right, (laughs) you know, and I think the importance in life in general but goal setting like just submitting that the way you went about it was not the best way and (laughs) that'll motivate that'll motivate you to be better do better and keep up with whatever you're trying to achieve like while I had my head injury during it I did yoga a few times and I still didn't love it and then it took you know, me doing a yoga session because I was depressed and anxious for a couple weeks. And then at night, Alyssa was just Ashley. I'm just, I was just so used to relying on other people. Alyssa's been setting more boundaries and it's been helping our relationship and it's been helping me try to be more independent. And she said, Ashley, I think I like, I can't hear anymore. And so I went to my room and I'm like, Ashley, what could I do? I put on a yoga, yoga by Adrian. And I did the whole thing. I did the 20, 30 minute yoga session and I was like, wow, I feel better. I barely even thought about the thing that I was worried about and anxious about and sad about. Barely. Every time that I tried, my body shifted. Like I just brought back to the breath and I was just like, I was like, I really need to try to implement this more into my life. And so I slowly started to do yoga more. I put it on, I put on the yoga with Adrian a couple times and then I started doing my own things. I started doing my own poses and I try to make it a goal to do 20 minutes a day. Since I have ADHD, I do my own breathing. I do my own stretches, ones that feel good to me. I'm always making up new moves, but you can do whatever, you know, I'm always making up new moves. And now after my shower, I get really, I do my yoga after my shower, um, right before I'm about to lay in in bed and wind down and read and whatnot. So I'll, I get excited to put on my ambient lighting. I get excited to light my candle and turn on my salt rock lamp. And I put a rug in my room now so I don't have to roll out a mat and roll it back up every time. It's easy. It's easy to do. So I have no excuses. So I didn't do it yesterday. So my new goal is to not I want to do it every day before bed, but sometimes I'm tired. And so my new goal is to not, if I didn't do it yesterday, then I have to do it. So at least every other day. And then hopefully it'll get easier. I've only been doing it for like three months now, the yoga before bed thing. And so sometimes I'll not do it for like three days straight. And I'll be like, oh, Ashley, you have to do it. You know, I'm very motivated now to do it. After a long day, like out, it kind of feels like I need it. It's like a little bit of me time. So it's a lot easier to do like when I have been out all day with other people's energy. 
around me. And it's just a way for me to center myself and reground myself and be in my body. And I have slowly been seeing progress of me being more in my body and more grounded. I'll take like I take off my rings before bed. I just started doing it. I would sleep in my rings and make up. I'll be like, oh, I'm too lazy. Like, but no, I just wasn't in my fucking body enough. Like, and that's why I didn't care. Like, I was just kind of a, a part of me has always been a little numb these past few years, and like doing all of these practices has kind of just woken my woken myself back up. Like, I was kind of just numb from my anxiety and depression, and now that I'm in my body more, I have been massaging my shoulders and imagining the tension leave like doing my hip stretches i didn't realize how much tension i hold in my shoulders and my hips from just constant anxiety stress it's crazy until when i do the yoga i'm like oh my god there's so much tension in here like i focus my stretches and my movement on my shoulders and my hips because that is where you hold all your stress um bt dubs by the way and i take my necklaces i take off my rings and like i I don't know how to describe it, but every time, like, I feel anxious, I'll, I'll just, like, bring myself back into my body and just I'd be like, Aspen, you're human. So, I mean, seeing the differences that it makes, that I've been seeing, like, it makes it so worth it. Me being more grounded, like, that's huge. You know, how I was able to do the reading, do the, uh, do the journaling, do the yoga is I made it easy for myself to start, like, deleting all my social media. And buying real books that were good and loved by a lot of people. So I would be guaranteed to like it. And then for journaling, I downloaded that app and it sits on my dock. And it's easy for me to just go in and use it. Especially now that I'm always on my laptop because of my podcast. And for yoga, I have candles. I bought a lot of candles that smell good. I want to light them while I do my yoga. And I put the rug in my room and it makes it easy. I don't have to use a mat. Make it easy for yourself to start these goals. Easy to access. Access. Make it easy for yourself to easily implement it in your life and make it part of your daily routine. Okay, well, now that I described my goals and how I achieved them, I want to go over, you know, people's, the common goals that everybody sets. I'm going to try to give my two cents on how hoping that it'll help you. I don't know if it'll be good, though. I hope you think my advice is good. I always, I don't know, I usually give advice because of my personal experience, but but this advice is based off of more of an outsider's perspective, and I don't want to sound pedestal-y. I'm going to keep rambling if I try to explain myself. So, everyone knows, I think I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode, everybody knows that after the New Year's, you will groan before you heading to the gym because if you are a gym goer oh everyone knows that after new year's like it'll fizzle out eventually people think that and it's because people do the cold turkey they just start going to the gym after work and suddenly they think they'll go on forever but no it doesn't work like that what is the real reason you want to start going to the gym what is the real reason you want to start exercising your reason for exercise has to be a good one, a stable one, something that goes much deeper than appearance. Because if it's just to lose weight or to have a big butt or to be um, skinny, queen, or for guys, if it's to look good, I know guys have a much higher pressure to go to the gym than girls do. 
I don't know anymore this day and age because um, being fit, I don't know, but I think, I think I could say that. Guys feel more obligated. Like if you want to go just for appearance and physical attributes, it's probably, it won't be sustainable. <sighs> yeah, it's nice. Like I think I have a small butt apparently, but like, I'll be honest. But that's not the reason I go to the gym, get a big butt. I'm like thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, maybe my butt will get bigger. But I go to the gym for a lot of other reasons and I've kind of changed my narrative on the gym. Like, I don't think I ever went for physical. It was nice to be strong and, but I went because it made me feel good. And now that I have chronic fatigue and really bad depression and anxiety, exercising is like the number one natural natural thing that you could do without medication and it is also a way to get happy hormones without the use of drugs it improves the quality of your life and going to the gym i've been trying to do cardio every single day for my chronic fatigue and my energy levels have been amazing they've been the best they've ever been and i've been feeling really great and it kind of puts kind of take the pressure off of exercising as well. Just like move. Like people get in, hop right into weightlifting. Weightlifting is not that fun for me. I will just do whatever. I go on the treadmill and will just sing and dance and lip sync for 30 minutes. I enjoy that much more than lifting sometimes. Do what feels good. Do what you love. Go for a walk. Go for walks with your friends. Like it's, it doesn't matter what you do. Like just move. And I like, I just bought some boxing gloves to help me motivate and do, and uh, to, you know, make me excited, keep the gym exciting. I bought boxing gloves because I do know how to kick and punch, but like, and there's a bunch of punching bags at the gym and I never use them. And it's in a separate room, so it's perfect for me. I don't don't think you near anyone. So it was, it's great. You know, it keeps things exciting when the same old gets boring. Yeah, I used them today and it was fun. So yeah, just keeping the gym, keeping your physical activity exciting, do something new. There's also a rock climbing gym I would like to try. You know, I just focus on moving every day. I don't make this gym every day. Sometimes I'll just walk and then I'll stretch. I'll walk for like three, three miles and then I'll stretch. I strive for it every day. So that way when I am busy or I'm tired or just want to lay on the couch all day, I can do that. I'll have a day like that maybe once a week. But if you do it for the weight, if you do it for weight loss, if you do it for appearance, it's not, it's just not sustainable. You'll feel bad about, you'll feel so defeated and bad about yourself when you don't reach the weight goal or you don't see the results that you want to see. If you are interested in losing weight, it can be a plus. It could be an addition or like a perk, like an extra perk to going or, you know, the extra benefit is, oh yeah, and I'll look aesthetic, like I'll, I'll, I'll feel more confident because La, 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 la. You know, I try not to think about that though because I'm, you know, I don't like going to the gym all the time, but I do it for the happy hormones. So I use that as a way. I think of those happy hormones, and as long as you're getting your heart rate elevated through physical activity, then you're getting those happy hormones, and that's all that matters. I use that mindset whenever I don't feel like going to the gym, but I'm like, I need those happy hormones for my overall well-being. And that keeps me motivated to keep going to the gym and to keep moving, even when I don't make it to the gym and I go on a three-mile walk. 
I mean, there's a lot of other reasons why you should go, like why I would go, why I should go. It's my insomnia, my heart health, your mobility, your bone density, things that are non-aesthetic. Like think about your old lady body. I saw that. I saw a video and it was hilarious. It was like people say, um, go to the gym for my summer body. Um, she's like, I'm going to the gym for my old lady body. <laughs> but yeah, I don't make your bones denser and less prone to injury when you get older. There are endless reasons. You can make a huge list of reasons why you should work out and be more active. And maybe take the word toxic words out of it. Me and Alyssa call it movement sometimes. Instead of working out, just movement. <laughs> I'll just, some days I'll just walk on the treadmill and then I'll just do like arm circles and just mobility stretches and it feels good to move my body. It's okay to want to look better, but it can't be the main reason that you go. It can't be the reason that motivates you to go. There was a toxic, toxic work environment at Tory Burch and on social media, you know, people posing, they're like, like girls sculpt, like posing their sculpted, like huge ass and she's like, oh, yeah, this is my transformation of my butt. Like, I don't, you know? And I'm just like, mm. that's why I stay off of social media, too. Like, I don't need to see that. Like, it's great that you grew your ass that huge. I can't do that. But, ah. <laughs> uh. And then, right, I mentioned my toxic work environment at Tory Burch. I wrote this one down. Um, I would go to the gym after, after work when I worked at retail and i am a little tiny person i'm 411 and i weigh 110 pounds right now i probably weighed 95 at that and then i'd go straight i'd go straight from work to the gym sometimes and the managers there would be like why are you going to the gym she's like you don't need to go you're skinny and i'm like huh and i'd be like well and it took me like a year a couple months after that I'd be like um that was kind of fucked up like people still think that the only reason you go to the gym is for appearance it's like oh we got we got to re reframe that thought and i think it's a lot of older it's an older people thinking and old school thinking and it's those people are raising kids though and they will engrave that in their kids brains cuz i think that my managers had kids and she had like a daughter that was like 10 and like 16 maybe i don't know so let's reframe that thought you know working out is for overall health what i thought we did this as as animals we need movement to thrive in the wilderness we spent most of our days walking around and foraging food and just wandering another thing another main goal that people tend to put on their resolution is eating healthier. Dieting doesn't work. Labeling foods as good and bad is not healthy. Um, diets aren't sustainable psychologically and physiologically. It Dieting provides a reason for you to shame yourself when you don't stick to uh, said, you know, diet. It also promotes restricting, restricting, which can lead to food binges if not done correctly. Life change, lifestyle changes, so so much more important. So, also don't count your calories unless you're recovering from an eating disorder. It's very toxic and will make you have a worse relationship with food. That's all I wrote for that part. Okay, <laughs> just thought I'd quickly put that in there. As a reminder to 
my females mainly because, you know, body image is always going to be something that us women struggle with. And a lot of women I know still have a um, an unhealthy relationship with food. And because I know eating healthier and dieting is a popular New Year's resolution edition, but I didn't want to spend too much time on it because I'm a mental health podcast. Love it. My parents are getting ready for bed. All right, next I am going to talk about some, I'm going to call this bonus. Oh my god, my parents are getting ready for bed. It's so loud, but I'm going to keep going anyway. So there's going to be a lot of clanging in the background. My closet slash recording booth is right next to their bathroom. So I will be talking about a lot of goals people make. So it's going to be on, oh my god, what the fuck are they doing? So I'm going to be talking about, you know, saving money, hoarding consumerism, oh, being more organized. Bonus information, if you, this could be the end of the episode, you can, but I feel like I have to put that in because this isn't really um, mental health related. (laughs) And I'm a mental health podcast and I just have anxiety that people just don't care. But thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate my show if you haven't yet. And good luck to all of you guys with your goal-setting endeavors. I know it can be tough and repetitive, and just remember that you're not alone. Okay, so y'all that have, like, uh, want to save more money, I think I'm a pretty thrifty person. I think restricting in anything is pretty bad, because then it'll cause you to kind of purge or binge i think consumerism is so out i'm saying it because it's so bad for the environment (laughs) but seriously i go to the thrift store a lot people are like oh my god how are you so good at thrifting i never find anything you know why you have to go regularly like you as much as you go to any store as much as you go to the compartment store as much as you go to tj maxx as much as you go to yeah you need to go thrifting like you would go to your normal, like add it to your routine. And I have been going to the thrift store more often every, I used to go like maybe once a month, but now I've been going a lot more frequently and I haven't really been able have to buy new items except for underwear and socks. If you live in the city, I'd try to go to like a suburban, suburbia one, the one by my, by my house. It's the best thrift store. I've even had dated a guy from Philly. Um, I'm like an hour outside of the city, a Philly, Philly area, and the thrift store like four or five minutes from my house. I love it. And taking him there even made me realize that I love it even more because he goes thrifting in the city all the time and he was like, this is a really cool thrift store. I was like, but they have been improving. They have like name brand shit. It's called like, it's like a church place and it has like shirt sweaters. Like I'm very, I've shopped, I look, I dress very grandma-y, vintage-y, like these I get like a I got like a sweater t-shirt for like four bucks and it's still a tag on it like go thrifting like you would normal shopping and you will save tons of money on clothes I mean duh to giving it's thrifting anyway try to make things that you love but are expensive I am such a I hate spending money on things like a lot of money on things it's not easy for me obviously like anybody my things like like face wash lotion I don't think I could make those it wouldn't be cheaper probably I'd need like a chem lab but like liquid IV is very expensive and I was about to buy another pack because mine is I'm running low but listen 
I just looked it up today. You can literally mix equal parts water, equal parts juice, and put a fourth of a teaspoon of salt in there. And there you have it. It's like, do you guys know how much, how expensive fucking sports drinks are? It's like a dollar or like the electrolyte bags, the liquid IVs, and even the similar brands are like a dollar over a dollar, sometimes a couple dollars per pack. That's ridiculous. So yeah, I'm just gonna do that from now on. And I tried it today and it gave me the same effect. So there you have it. When you're hungover, just mix juice, water, and quarter teaspoon of salt. If you actually care, it's a, it's a liter of liquid, half and half, and then a quarter teaspoon of salt. So there you go. My parents are still getting ready for bed, so I'm really sorry. This is editing Ashley. The lemon lime flavor for liquid IV is probably my favorite. So I did, which is about four cups of water, quarter teaspoon of salt, and then I mixed lemon and lime juice. Like I buy it from the bottle, so I have both. And then uh, agave to your liking. Or honey, or you could do sugar, but I do agave because it quickly dissolves. And I shook it up and it tastes pretty darn similar to Gatorades and liquid IV. But la 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 la. And then going along the same lines of try making these at home, I mean, see and look into research about an espresso machine if you buy coffee every day and calculate if it would be cheaper with the pods and the beans and all that shit. And it probably will be. Surprise. <laughs> it definitely is cheaper. And then another purchasing tip. Think about longevity before you buy. I mean, I only shop sales and clearance for clothes. I never buy anything full price. But so I'm a sucker for a fucking sale. When I shop sale items, I, I'll sometimes buy something when it was like so cheap, but I'd only wear it like once or twice. That's bad because I'm still consuming. Like that is not good. So I stopped doing that. I I stopped myself from buying this like see-through orange bralette from Target. It was like three or four dollars. And then I was about to get it. My The old me would have gotten it. But now I'm like, Ashley, you're going to wear that like once or twice and it's going to sit in your closet. <sighs> yeah. I, I used to have a really bad um, purchasing problem. <laughs> like really bad. But, and I'm still working on it. I bought this, like, fringe leather jacket at the thrift store because it was so cool. I'm telling you because I'm looking at it right now. And I'm like, what if I have a southern trip and I, like, want to wear that? (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, think about longevity before you buy. Just because it's cheap doesn't mean that you should get it, you know? How much are you going to use it? Are you going to use it every day? Um, Like, if it's something for a room. Like, well, you don't want to end up with a bunch of crap, you know? I just purged my room. I got rid of, you know what you don't do probably, what I didn't do. I used to have so much underwear sitting at the bottom of my drawer because it's like uncomfy because it's probably stretched out and I just don't wear it anymore. Throw that shit out. I don't know why it feels so wasteful throwing out fabric. It kind of hurts. But yes, throw out the socks that have holes in it. Donate anything that you haven't worn in a year within the past year, unless it's like a prom dress or something. Actually, if it is a prom dress, you should probably try to sell it. Uh, but like our new generation, our parents, our grandparents lived through the Great Depression and that's why they hoard things and, and they raised our parents. They're used to having, you know, they're used to not having things and that's why they hoard everything. Um, my parents are immigrants, so I think that has to do with why my mom like keeps everything like fucking everything we just throw anything in the basement that we don't use anymore and honestly we should donate it so i don't want to end up like them <laughs> like they use so much shit in the basement and it's actually kind of crazy um i think we are the minimalist generation 
because you should only keep things that bring you joy currently. Like, yes, things have sentimental value, but like if it's not giving you anything currently, then like get rid of it. But yeah, we're a different generation, so we don't value items as much. So yeah, I've been throwing just random shit out. Like I need to throw this pen with a feather on it. Feels wasteful to throw out, but what am I going to fucking do with it? It used to be like decor when I was like, I don't even know. Or markers that don't work. Why does that feel so painful throwing that away? I need... <laughs> I'm purging my room like right now and it's, it's really hard to do that. <laughs> I That was it. That was my bonus content slash rant. And there's so much goddamn noise going on in the background that I feel like I should go anyway. Thanks for listening, guys. Good luck to everybody with their goals and endeavors, and I hope that you reach them. I hope that you are making strides in whatever in whatever you want to accomplish. You got it, guys. Just know you're not alone. Also, my sister is bugging me and texting me to help her with her dinner. So, this is Aspen here, and thanks for listening to Can I Just Say Something? I would love it if you left a comment, if you have any uh, thing to add in, rebuttals. It means a lot that you guys are here, and I will see you next week. Bye!